Welcome to Hearing Matters with Dr. Gregory Delfino and Blaze Delfino of Audiology Services, the show that discusses hearing technology, best practices, and a growing national epidemic, hearing loss. I'm your host, Marty Wolf, for the Hearing Matters podcast. Welcome back, Dr. Delfino and Blaze Delfino. Welcome back to the studio. Glad to be here, Marty. Happy yeah. to be here, Marty. This is going to be a, another fun one. We're yes, excited. It is. Yeah, Absolutely. it's going to be another fun one, primarily because, well, I guess we'll be talking about going back to school. So there's a lot of important facts that you, uh, you're you going to share with us. But let me let me start the show off this way, if it's okay with you, Blaze. Absolutely. So uh, you sent me a few fun facts. And so uh, listen to this, folks. According to the 2019 National Retail Federation survey, families with elementary, middle, and high school children will spend a total of $27.5 billion, or an average of $685 per household, to ready, to ready their kiddos for the new school year. Well over half of their spending will be for clothing and shoes, Nowhere in here does it say anything about uh, hearing tests for your kids going back to school. Blaze, I'll go to you first. Is this kind of important stuff? Oh, well, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, hearing is, is one of our senses, of course. So uh, we want to make sure, and with episode two being a back-to-school hearing tests, that every child in elementary school, middle school, high school, college, every one of these students gets their hearing screened. Yeah, so Dr. Delfino, again, welcome back. Well, why why is this important? I guess some research has told us that, uh, well, maybe even common sense. If you have a hearing loss when even a young child, even the preschool level or kindergarten level, you could fall behind. Am I accurate with that? Absolutely, Marty. Without the ability to hear, um, children are uh, at risk for falling behind in their educational progress forward. Um, having the hearing tested initially for back to school puts them on par with those children that we uh, already know have normal hearing. But again, it's it's an opportunity to make sure that they are in fact getting everything that they can from the educational experience. So an essential part of that back to school protocol. I think uh, when you were saying that, Dr. Delfino, I was thinking of not only the educational part of it, but the social part of it. They're connected, are they not? Without a doubt. You know, children with, with hearing loss and, and adults as well, but um, hearing loss oftentimes creates a very isolating impact on, on us socially. And so some of these children are afraid to um, uh, become engaged for fear that they may not have understood what was being said. Um, they may struggle with understanding what the teacher is saying and so that they're not as engaging as they should be simply because they're not quite sure of what they heard. Hmm. At the beginning of the show, Blaze, we talked about it, it being an epidemic. Um, Absolutely. I, I believe that's an accurate statement. Um, so we're here to kind of deal with that, I guess, a little bit. So uh, the the diligence in doing hearing tests have gotten better, right? They have one at birth, I guess, right? Yes. Uh, right after you're born, as, they, as we move through life. But uh, talk to me about... Um, you know, what other t what other tests are occurring for school-aged children or otherwise? Talk to me about that. So, so students in elementary school are having their hearing screened. Um, and again, a screening is very different from the diagnostic evaluation that is completed by an audiologist right. or hearing healthcare practitioner. Um, what the screening shows is, um, does the child need to be referred out mm. to the audiologist, to a physician, uh, to kind of dig a little deeper. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's it's very important that the students in elementary school, especially because of the auditory based communication that's occurring in the classroom, um, that they get screened annually. Yeah. Um, from my experience being in in college and having been at East Stroudsburg University, Dr. Miller, who's the audiologist there, set up a um, a screening protocol for collegiate students as well. Mm, so interesting. Yeah. And most of those students, when we asked, when was the last time you had your hearing screened? Elementary school. Hmm. Yeah. So another interesting fact that you shared with me, I, I find this interesting. By age five, children should be able to speak in sentences of more than five words. Now I have a grandchild that's two. She can speak a whole paragraph, but I guess she's special, right, Dr. Delfino? Absolutely. She By is age five. So what's on my brain here is, so how do parents, educators, how do they detect this? I mean, you're you're three years old. I mean, how, how do they detect this? Or should we, everybody at that age, get tested uh, through an audiologist? Well, you know, Marty, again, with the advent of newborn hearing screening has certainly elevated the level of awareness that hearing has such an, an important part in speech and language development. But it doesn't end there. Um, children need to be screened routinely, um, certainly at the age of three and prior to uh, entering into formal education. Um, Things like uh, child seeming inattentive, mm. uh, child having some significant uh, articulation issues, um, child not seeming to respond appropriate to requests are certainly some soft signs that there may be something going on. And it's time to certainly eliminate hearing loss as a possible mm. uh, uh, factor in this. Yeah, I could see this. So, uh, Blaze, the... the you're going to talk to us a little about a little bit about speech language pathologists and the children that how they're able to decipher um, communication, I guess, with other children. Uh, talk to me about that. Consonants, I guess, is what we're talking Ab- about. Absolutely. So explain that to me. If if a child presents with a mild to moderate hearing loss, the high frequency consonant sounds such as F, S, and TH, these children are not hearing those specific consonant sounds with increased clarity. Mm. Now, especially if that individual, uh, that student, presents with a hearing loss and they are um, receiving speech therapy for, let's just say, articulation, Mm. that individual and that student might not be able to tell the difference between the the f sound and the v sound. Mm. Um, Same placement, one is voiced, one is voiceless. and consonants carry 10% of the audibility, but 90% of intelligibility. Hmm. Interesting. So, again, I'm sitting here, I'm learning as, as I'm listening to you, and uh, I'm going back to my own life and uh, to my own children and grandchildren. And uh, the importance of getting this done early and with, and with some regularity, it's, age three is the best time. Age three is certainly a, 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 an appropriate time. And again, it's going to vary. Some children are predisposed to um, late onset of hearing loss. And again, working in concert with the pediatrician, that's going to be part of their routine setup. But certainly three and beyond, we certainly like to see what's going on with regard to speech and language and audition. So you are listening to Hearing Matters, the great podcast that we are talking about hearing. And we think uh, there is actually an epidemic in the United States and maybe worldwide. We, we'll talk about that maybe on another show. And our guests are Dr. Gregory Delfino and Blaze Delfino. Blaze, people want to hear more about your company. Where do they hear more about that? 
To learn more about Audiology Services, you can visit audiologyservicespa.com. Again, that is audiologyservicespa.com. So we talked about, especially when you're younger, you know, your inability, I guess, to understand. You don't, you're not hearing something, so maybe your social social development is impaired also, in addition to your educational impairment. I, I could see this. But does, does a hearing loss have any potential impact on other health problems? We'll turn to you, Dr. Delfino, for that. Well, health problems, um, certainly it, ha- it has a huge impact on academic issues. Um, and again, talking about going back to school, um, children with, with hearing impairment, and again, um, it can be either from fluid in the middle of your space, something mm-hmm. congenital going on, again, first detecting where that's coming from, it's going to have an impact on, on the way in which they learn in every aspect. Um, one of the issues as well about hearing is that we need to somewhat use it as a differential diagnosis between children with attention deficit disorder, children mm. with central auditory processing assessment. Oftentimes, the behaviors of these children is somewhat similar. And so using a differential diagnosis with hearing loss certainly helps us to narrow down what's going on and again to focus on what remediation needs to take place. So hearing loss, again, masks itself in many different ways and takes on many different shapes and forms. And we need to be able to detect it and uh, move forward with remediation. Yeah, if the child can't hear well and can't communicate well, they may be labeled, mislabeled as a troubled child or a child with attention deficit disorder when maybe that's not the issue. Right, Blaze? Absolutely. And to dovetail off what Dr. Delfino had said, um, especially with the social cues, Mm. um, pragmatics is the social use of language. So if a child presents with a a hearing loss, it is likely that that specific individual, if left untreated, will have a difficult time in years to come with the social use of language. Hmm. Now, we're painting a very <laughs> unhappy picture here. But again, correct me, I'm not the doctor, I'm not the specialist. Sometimes it's as simple as earwax, and it can be, sometimes it can be that simple, could it not? And we'll, I'll be positive for a minute. Yeah, yes, Marty, you can. Um, in the school age population, the early earlier kids, <clears throat> younger children, that is the uh, the time when the incidence of middle ear effusion or middle ear uh, fluid in the middle ear space is most significant. And so, um, if a child has got a an ear infection, that will impact the way in which they are hearing, and it does so in a very transient way. The child has some fluid in the middle ear space that may last four to six weeks, or less than that and then the child hears well again but it's that fluctuation in hearing sensitivity that creates the wonder and the concern about how well this child is developing speech and language um so again following up on on that issue is as well the the middle ear is is huge Hmm. so let's progress along a little bit blaze so we we're talking about primarily younger students absolutely and so you go through high school like i did knowing i was something wrong that i couldn't hear well but when you get to college, let's talk about how important it is when you get to the high school level or the collegiate level. I mean, it, this can get progressively worse, can it? And and going from high school to college and, of course, the course of action is typically after college, you're going to be entering the workforce. And we found a very um, astonishing statistic, Marty. Uh, according to the American Speech-Language Hearing Association, children who may have mild to moderate hearing loss 
but do not get intervention services are very likely to be behind their hearing peers by anywhere from one to four grade levels. Wow. To expand on that, um, $122 billion is the estimated cost in lost U.S. earnings due to untreated hearing loss. Now, mm. if we go back to individual college student just entering college, the next four years are going to study um, their specific um, scope, and then after that they're going to get a, a, you know, a full-time career. It is so important that they get their eyes checked, they get their teeth cleaned, get your hearing screened. I love that. Yeah. Say that again. Everyone gets their eyes checked and their teeth cleaned. Let's get our hearing screened. Wow. That's that's. I didn't come it. up with that. So that's, but. that's nailing it. <laughs> I'll take credit. Why not? Why not? Because you can see, you know, how it affects um, individuals, how it affects yes. families. Absolutely. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, as you get older, and uh, there's different things that happens to your health. I'll, back, I'll go back to Dr. Delfino again. So we, we, we've detected this, or maybe not have detected this until we get older. Um, a hearing loss can affect your quality of life in a big way. Actually, aren't there studies that talks about dementia and all these other kinds of issues? I, maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit because we wanted to stay with the school, but I'm carrying it right through to older older age. So talk to me a little bit yeah, about that. Absolutely. The, the impact of hearing loss is significant on almost every aspect of life. Um, and again, as we move through life, it becomes that much more uh, impactful on the areas in which we're trying to move through. In, in the academic world, those children have more difficulty learning. In the working world, those adults have more difficulty getting jobs. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, Marty, we see this um, on a rather regular basis just through the, the eyes of our patients um, who have described for us what these experiences have been like. Um, and, and it certainly, again, brings home the impact and the importance of how hearing loss influences um, and, and, and can really... Uh, deleteriously affect the the quality of people's lives and why getting help mm-hmm. and getting the right kind of intervention makes the world of difference for them. Yeah, Blaze, um, what do you see or what are you experiencing um, in your practice or across the whole spectrum of, of your work? Are schools cooperating? Maybe that's an unfair question, um, but talk to me about that. School age uh, children, especially younger children, is there dialogue between your industry practice uh, with schools is that getting better i i absolutely believe that it is um not only our practice but practices across the nation are increasing awareness of overall hearing health and the impact of untreated hearing loss and being exposed to noxious noise such Mm. as concerts and dances and especially with with going back to school there are absolutely different preventative measurements that can be utilized and, and carried out, such as if we have students who are in elementary school, high school, and college that are in the marching band or the school band, hearing protection is a must. Mm-hmm. If you're on the dance team or you're a cheerleader and you're exposed to loud music during mm-hmm. rehearsal, hearing protection is a must. Um, 
So that there's especially school dances, prom, homecomings. Yeah, like like you and I probably stood in front of the speakers. Probably that's the wrong <laughs> well, thing to you, do, right? Marty, I definitely. I did. Oh, that's right. You grew up in a home that you're protected against that. Well, my mom and dad didn't realize that. I was right in front of those speakers, Dr. Delfino. No wonder why we're hearing technology, for goodness' sake, right? Exactly. If somebody told me, I might have changed. You know? No, absolutely. Yeah. And and to expand a little bit more on your question, Marty. What are we doing as a practice, but also hearing healthcare professionals, um, number one, educating not only the students, but also the teachers? Because that's important. That's, I guess, what I want to know. Yes. Are we educating teachers? Absolutely. And um, so in the classroom, if uh, a child presents with central auditory processing disorder or um, a hearing loss, um, there's something called an FM system. And really, what that does is that increases the signal to noise ratio. And we're firm believers that FM systems should really be in every classroom because... Well, explain that to me. So what do you mean? Think of like, think of a speaker in the classroom, mm-hmm. um, like a DJ speaker, mm. and the teacher's voice is actually elevated. Mm. So this not only allows for increased attention for the students, but also it decreases vocal abuse for the teachers. Hmm. While I was on my medical externship, we uh, we saw a few um, teachers and professors who had vocal nodules um, because of vocal vocal abuse right. of yelling over yelling. the students yeah, right. and, and things like. So Makes it not sense. only helps the students but also the teachers. But the teachers today are especially um, educated on overall um, hearing health, and we have to keep that education. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in my days, they had blackboards. I don't know if they still have blackboards or not, Dr. Delfino, but I'm sure <laughs> the teachers once in a while turn their back, and maybe they're, you know, that's part of They turn their back, and I know I couldn't hear them, right. you know, when they turn yeah, their back. Exactly. Now, when somebody turns their back on me, I have a hard time hearing. So this whole idea of this uh, improving that, I guess, makes sense, does it not? It absolutely does, Marty. And, you know, we've known this We've known this for a long time that in the classroom it's a noisy um, and unforgiving environment acoustically. And so that for the child with minimal hearing loss or auditory processing or even a kid with attention deficit disorder, anything that's going to distract this child or pull them away from this main auditory focus is going to create an impact upon the way in which they perform. Mm. So using FM systems or even we've got some children in the field that, we're, that are using Hearing aids with remote microphones, um, hmm. which is a way in which the... So they're picking up the sounds? What's happening is the teacher is actually wearing the remote microphone, oh. and the teacher is in direct communication with the child, which is wonderful. So if the teacher turns it back, or even if they leave the room, um, the yeah. child is able to hear exactly what's going on. Wow. This is so many lessons <laughs> crammed into one show. I hope you learned a lot today, Marty. <laughs> this, is, no, this is unbelievable. So we kind of start to uh, need to start to wrap up. So uh, there's all kinds of information. We are definitely talking back to school. And I'm going to read something that dovetail in what you said. Protect, pr- protective measurements, we as humans use are sunscreen, glasses or goggles, helmets when riding bikes, football helmets, baseball helmets, seat helmets, are we wearing our hearing protection, folks, right? Yeah, we need to. Exactly. Are we Absolutely. wearing our hearing protection at all ages? So, Dr. Delfino, what didn't I cover that you want to make sure that we, we get out there for? Um, Marty, what I'd, li- what I'd like to end with is certainly a quote from Jay Mendel, who is one of the foremost pediatric audiologists uh, in, in the country. And she talks about child's children and, and uh, children being able to understand speech. And her quote is, audibility is not a guarantee of intelligibility 
but lack of audibility guarantees the lack of intelligibility. The child needs mm. to not only hear the sounds, but understand, understand them. them. That's the essential part. Yeah, understand them. Well, this is critical, uh, critical information. Parents, teachers, uh, business people, um, anyone listen to this message, uh, I think you should be, I know you should be paying much more attention. So uh, tell us more where they can reach out to you, Blaze, and to Dr. Delfino. Absolutely. For any questions, comments, um, you can reach out to our team by visiting our website, which is audiologyservicespa.com. Again, that is audiologyservicespa.com. So, another great edition of Hearing Matters Podcast with Dr. Gregory Delfino and Blaze Delfino. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank Thank you, Marty. Thanks again for tuning in to the Hearing Matters Podcast today. I'm your host, Blaze Delfino, and on behalf of our entire team, thank you so much for the support. Truly, it means so much to us. Head on over to the Apple Podcast app and share your thoughts. What did you like most about this episode and what do you like most about our podcast? Five-star reviews are always appreciated. And also head on over to Instagram, hit that follow button and let's connect. And as a team, we can continue to help our community hear life story.